0: The true service of God is what we have been talking about, and we want to continue again. We have been on it for a while. And like I have been saying again and again, please get the copy of the book, uh, How to Work for God, and you will be able to get this in writing, the things I have been teaching. Let's continue from where we were last time, the book of Isaiah chapter 62. The book of Isaiah chapter 62, there is a principle here. The Lord said in verse 1, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness, and all kings your glory, that is, they will see it. And you will be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will designate. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. That's Jerusalem's uh, promise. He said in verse 4, It will no longer be said to you, forsaken. Nor to your land will it any longer be said, desolate. But you will be called, my delight is in her. And your land will be called married. For the Lord delights in you. And to him your land will be married. Verse 6. Now these are the promises of God. Now this was what God put in place so that it will come to pass. He said in verse 6, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night they will never keep silent. Now, you who remind the Lord that it is watchmen that have appointed, this is an instruction to you. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves, and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. He said, the Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his strong arm. He He said, I will never again give your grain as food for your enemies, nor will foreigners drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it, we eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather it, we drink in the courts of my sanctuary. Now, that's what the Lord said here through Isaiah. We read last time from the book of Luke chapter 18 that the Bible, the Lord Jesus was teaching. The Lord Jesus was teaching, and He said, "Men ought always to pray, and not to faint, and not to lose heart, and not to get tired." And then He now told them a parable. And there He said, "The elect they pray to Him day and night." I don't want to read it again. Okay, it's just to save our time. We also read from the Sermon on the Mount in that Matthew chapter 6. The Lord said to us clearly: there are two. Ki- now we deduce it from that: there are two kinds of prayers. There is prayer that gets results, and there is prayer that gets a reward. We said the prayer with reward is a prayer of intercession. If I take a matter up in prayer, and it's not my direct need, I'm solving. It's not like I need to get something from God. Please, God, I need money. God, I'm sick. I need healing. God, I need direction. Those are good prayers. Are, I'm nobody saying they are bad prayers. I'm just saying that they don't get any reward. Why? There's no sacrifice involved. You have not done anything really that's worthy of commendation. Yes, if you are hungry, you should ask for food. That's for your own good. But then when you look around and see that your neighbor is hungry and you don't have money to solve it, but you start praying for the person that God will give him food, that is demand, the deserving of commendation. That is a prayer that has reward. If you are looking at the word of God to be fulfilled in... Let me give an example now. Daniel. Daniel one day was in captivity. He never went back to Israel, we know. But one day he said, I I observed in the books the number of years that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, that he will fulfill the desolations of Jerusalem. That is 70 years. Then Daniel said, as a result, I began to pray. Now he took time out to pray. At a point in time, the Bible says that he was testifying that there was a time he was in extreme weariness. I believe because of prayer. He prayed extensively. That was, That's a prayer with reward. What was he praying for? He was confessing the sins of Israel. He was confessing the sin of Jerusalem. He was asking God to fulfill the word that he, has, that he promised concerning Jerusalem. That taught me something. All right? And it was included for us to learn. All these things were recorded for our learning. What does that tell me? It teaches me that even though God has made a promise, He still requires prayers to be said about the promise. And in fact, He said, surely the Lord God does nothing until He reveals, except He reveals them to His servants, the prophets. Why does He do it? I found out later from studying the scriptures. It is because the servants, the prophets will prophesy. They will warn people ahead. They will tell people ahead, and the people will take the words of the prophets. Like He said, when in that Second Chronicles chapter 20, believe the Lord thy God and you will be established. Believe also his prophets, so you will prosper. That is when the prophets prophesy, people will believe the things that the prophets have said. They will now use those things in their lives. One of them, they use them to pray. That is when the word of God will be fulfilled. Except people take God's word and start using the word to pray, there will be no fulfillment. God may declare a word, it, is not, it doesn't mean it will be fulfilled automatically. There are many things that we must do if we want the word of God to be fulfilled. He said the word preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in the hearts of those who heard it. When people have faith in their hearts and the word comes, all right. one of the interactions of faith is prayer. How do I know that? Because the Lord Jesus said it there in that Luke chapter 18. He said, let's just flip over there. That's where we were talking about that parable of um, men ought always to pray. Men ought to pray and not to lose heart. And he said the things that he said. If you see in verse um, 7, No, from verse 6. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. He said, Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? Please notice that. They cry day and night. And will he delay long over them? He said, I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That is, the problem is whether there will be faith in the hearts of the people or there will be no faith. But if there is faith, then God will answer them. And he's saying, what is a sign of faith in this context? The sign of faith is that they are persistent in their praying. The sign of faith is that day and night, they continue to utter the words. They do not give up just because things are not working the way they expect it to work. Now, you must realize that faith... Is not defined except there is patience attached. What I mean is this. Anytime there is faith and it, things don't work out immediately as people are believing it will. Then the, and they still maintain faith. It is called patience. Without faith and patience, people don't inherit promises. That is what is happening is that people discover what God said. Now look at that one, Jeremiah. Jeremiah said God promised 70 years. So he began to pray. And he did not stop praying until something happened concerning it. Now, that's what the Lord was saying here. He said to the the watchmen, they will not rest. They will give the Lord no rest. Now, let me just quickly go back there. I've removed this in my Bible. Let me just quickly flip over here. There's something I want to bring up from there. Now, notice verse uh, 6. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. He now turned to them and gave the watchmen instructions. You who remind the Lord... Take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes or performs the thing that he promised. Now, how how is it that watchmen will not rest? How is it that they will not give the Lord rest? It's just one way. He said, do not keep silent. Are you getting my point here? That is, the job of the watchmen is never to keep silent. What are they doing? They are praying. What are they doing? They are, he said, those who remind the Lord. Don't forget that. Look at what he said there. That verse is where we are reading. He said, All night, all day, and all night, they will never keep silent. He said, You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. That they, what is the job of the watchman? You must understand the way this is been spoken. It's, like, it's not as if God forgets, but the way you, know, you are relating, uh, like Solomon would say, Under the sun. You see the man who's praying and is saying the same thing again and again. The impression is as if the Lord has forgotten. Are you getting my point? And that was why I use this context. It is not as if the Lord forgot. He just saying it like this in this context. Because that is how people will appear. If you come to the Lord and say the same thing. You say the same thing again and again. It is as if you are saying that God has forgotten. And that is why he said it like that. We said it this way. Those of you who remind the Lord. Don't take any rest for yourself. That is, it is not as if God has forgotten. But there is a spiritual um, operation that requires you to continue to say all right, Before God, that which he promised. Which is what we believe that um, Daniel did. He said, God, you promised 70 years and people will be delivered. It is 70 years, now we are asking for deliverance. I said last time that, that one of the things about being a watchman is that you will notice different prayers at certain times. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You will notice it. You will notice it. So that what I mean is that different prayer points, where to focus. I spoke last time, and I, I think it's kind of prophetic in my own opinion. I think that's what God is saying. That now, yes, my people, especially those of us in Nigeria, right, right now, I'm speaking to Nigerians, because that's where I am, and that's where we have prayed. You've prayed concerning your economy, I've heard it. You've prayed concerning many things, judicial system, I've heard it. You've prayed concerning many things, governance, I've heard the prayers. You've prayed about all kinds of things, political system, I've heard. However, as a watchman, note the problem I'm having right now. There's a problem I'm having, and I need you to pray about that. I, I'm going to get down to that one today. The problem I'm having is not the people outside, it's the people inside. So you need to redirect your prayers and focus. The angel, let me go like that because it was one. The angel has been released to come and solve um, um, law enforcement problems. The angel has been released to solve education problems. That angel has been released. However, as it got to the boundary of your country, he was, the prince of the air stopped him. And we've talked about it before. Why on earth did that prince have the power to stop the messenger of God? There must be something. Why did it take the Lord three weeks before he released Michael to go and help? There must be something. And this is what the Lord is saying. The reason is because it is not yet time for him to be able to get in until the prince of your people could be released. Until I can release the prince of your people. Now why do I release the prince of your people? That is Michael. How do I release him? It is when you people are in the proper state of affairs. It is when your, your, the inside is together. It is when the church is doing what it's supposed to be doing. It is when the church is ready for the blessing that I want to give to them. Are you getting my point here? Until that point, the angel I sent is on the boundary of the country. It can't come in. So, what do you do? That's what the watchman is about. You redirect the prayer and start praying. You know, this is what Christians, this is what um, Mr. Christians make. When you don't understand the principle of prayer. Now, we're talking about this because we're talking about um, how to work for God. And I'm not going to emphasize the fact that this, jo- this is job for the Lord. This is work for the Lord. Alright? We are not taking time out to teach on prayer in details. Let me just summarize. because I'm, I'm, That prayer matter, I'm ending it today. Anybody wants to learn more on prayer, we have a lot of materials there on prayer. But I just want to bring out that these are things that God expects us to do. That's why I said there is a reward. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward if they do it wrongly. But if you do it rightly, there is a reward. What does that tell you? God sees it as work for him. Are you getting my point? He sees it as work for him. Now so those who are working for him, he says, one major area they must work is what we are discussing, the area of praying. So the prayers they have prayed about their country i have heard the angel is there. Now redirect those prayers, okay? And focus on solving problems inside. Pray about the church of God. Pray about the people of God and their prayers to pray about them. Now, I was saying something earlier. I wanted to get into that. That the mistake a lot of people make that why don't we just bind, which is what we do? We well, are going to bind the prince of the power of the air. <laughs> Many of those prayers, I'm sorry to say it, they don't have any meaning. They don't have any meaning. There are things you don't have the power to do. Listen, the Bible talks about the lawful captive. Are you getting my point? If something, somebody is bound and is properly bound, you can't just get angry and losing the fellow. Now you must discover why the fellow is bound and then offer the right payment for the person's liberty. If somebody is bound as a slave, you don't just come, give me the slave, I'm going. When the Bible says that the locked full captive will be set free, what it means is that whatever be the reason you held him down, we will pay and we will collect him. Are you getting my point here? And that's the meaning of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. It is not as if just collect people free of that. No. There's a cost for their bondage. For them to be set free, there's money we can pay. And the Lord Jesus paid that by the sacrifice of himself. Things are done properly. Now, I'm going somewhere here. So, this is what I'm going to emphasize. So, when you find there's a spirit somewhere. For example, now the Bible says that... um, Satan has the power of death. All right? Him that had the power of death. Okay? How did God set people free from his power? Like I was saying, it's by washing away their sins. It's not just by binding him, I bind you, I bind you, I bind you. You can't bind him if the people are in sin. So it's not as if we just get up, get angry, and start binding. If things are in certain places lawfully, all right? You can't just get angry and bind them. What you do. Is there must be sacrifices made. When I say sacrifices made now, not the ones of people preach you. I mean that like if a man is in sin and you can pray to God for mercy for him, and we'll see it in a moment. John said that. And you plead the power of the blood of Jesus over his iniquity. Are you getting my point? And if God forgives him, that automatically breaks the power of the devil. The devil is not your is not the person you are fighting. Look, the devil is not the person you are fighting. Sometimes Christians get, get up and you want to just break the power of, um, uh, of um, maybe a spirit in the air in a country like ours. And the spirit has refused to go away all these years. You know the reason why? It is in the hearts of people that is held. The power to stay where he's staying is in people's hearts. Until people repent and they change, he has a lot of power. So that is why you do not find, you never found Paul and co. operating like that. When Paul asked for prayers, it was so that he could preach boldly. Because if he preached boldly and people are converted, and people repent, automatically the power of the devil in that uh, environment is broken. You, you get the logic here. It's Listen, it is preaching the word that breaks the power of the devil over territories. People sit down, they want to pray and say, well, listen, you can't. Because even if you did, once, look, there's a story I like to tell all the time. I think it's a, um, uh, Emmanuel Eni, those days. He said that um, he went, he followed one girl to church one day. And the people preaching perceived that he had evil spirit. So they pounced on him and cast out all the evil spirits. And the evil spirits actually left him. Because when you are shouting in the name of Jesus and you are an evil spirit, you will disappear. But you know what happened? They went and waited outside. Maybe it's because he came to your church. So they left the man and all went and waited outside. This was the man writing the testimony himself. So as soon as he left the church, the spirit said, ah, Bro, thank you. They all jumped back into him and he went back with his evil spirits. If somebody doesn't want to be free, you can't deliver him. It's not possible. I told the this story once when I was serving <laughs> It's been one of the most illustrative examples. I had a patient who felt critically ill, became unconscious, kidneys shut down. I was in a rural hospital in Nigeria Army. So what was I going to do? I was the most senior medical officer, <laughs> like they say when the military. Bloody use copper. So one night I went to my house, and I didn't want that woman to die. I remember that day. I prayed intensely for 45 minutes. I still remember. minutes My my roommate when he opened the door My flatmate Where we stayed had two rooms So the guy in the other room, a Muslim, the pharmacist He opened the door, saw the intensity of my prayer Closed the door and left JJ I prayed intensely that day for that woman 40-45 minutes At the end of the day I gave thanks I was very happy And guess what Next day when I went to work That's in the morning The woman had woken up, she was unconscious before the kidneys woke up instantly. They began to make urine. I was so excited. She woke up and asked me that she wanted to eat. She was really hungry. She had not taken food for days. And I kept her on what we say in medicine, nil per oris, nothing by mouth, because I felt that she, her intestine had perforated. It was a case of typhoid fever. So when she woke up and said she was hungry, I was so excited. She woke up. Oh, I forgot to mention the fever that I used the best drugs I knew to bring fever down. It didn't bring it down. It was persistently 40. The thing had disappeared in the morning. What does you call recovery? I was so excited. Oh, Father in heaven. I, I still remember I'm walking around the barracks and I'll be dancing, feeling very happy with myself. You know? I said, The day I discharged this woman, I'm going to the officer's mess. I'm going to sit down, order myself a bowl of pepper soup and a bottle of malt. I have planned it. <laughs> Prayer has power. That it was serious that day. I remember. But I still remember some of the prayers I prayed. And the devil said, no problem. Because I went, to, I went back to work the day after this now. And I got there. And the bed was empty. Uh-uh. I remember I screamed. I know I was in the army. And soldiers know how to scream. So I learned how to scream. So the soldier on duty, I remember his name was Galadima. So I shouted, Galadima! The guy came. Yes, sir. Where is she? Oh, he said, "Doc, that the husband came very early in the morning and said that the the said it's poison. All the time she was unconscious, he didn't say it was poison. Now that she's recovering, he said it was poison, and came collected his wife and went to the babalawo shrine. When I heard it, instantly I knew what happened. That's what I'm talking about." Because my argument when I was praying whether' well, it's my territory So the devil said no problem said, Your territory you can have it So he extracted his His victim That's the word Extracted his victim from my territory And killed her the following week She died the following, By the moment I got to work that day I felt defeated I, was, I, I looked at that soldier Why didn't you call me? But it's a spiritual you know, operation The spirit didn't let you remember That I should have called to get my approval Of course, not these days of phones, of course, we're in a very rural area. he needed to get somebody to walk down to my house to call me, that. look, there's something in the clinic, you know? And the woman left. I I remember that story. This was many years ago. It's one of the most illustrative stories in that area that I have. The moment the woman, that day I just looked, I said, this woman is dead. So, you see, you can't just deliver people who don't want to be delivered. That's why I'm telling the story. You can't just do it. It's not by force. Are you getting me? So that's why, you know, Christians think that you just go, just bind the spirit. If that spirit is in the hearts of people, and they are holding on to the spirit, the spirit will stay. It will stay. All these territorial spirits people talk about, in the Bible, you didn't find Paul going around, binding them. What Paul went around doing was preaching the gospel. And because of the power of the Lord Jesus, are you getting my point? Nobody could stop him from preaching the gospel. So he will go around preaching the gospel. And he will tell people, because that, I mean, God has certain rights. Are you get my point. So when we, people, uh, we, we his people pray for an area that the gospel will enter, the gospel starts coming in. But then you see, nobody can force anybody to believe. So what they can just keep on praying for is that the door will be open for the gospel. It's not fighting spirits in there. Some of these fights, they are needless. What we need to do is to continue to... Now, these are the assignments of the church. And I want to talk about part of our our job as prayer warriors, intercessors. What we need to do as a church is to continue to preach the truth and never relent. Our prayers as a church should be centered around truth. In fact, I've had different preachers, especially David Paulson. He doesn't... He says this one of handing out food to hungry people. That is not a bad thing, no but that the church should not focus on it. You know his reason? He said WHO can do that. Oxfam can do it. Red Cross can do it. He said, but nobody else preaches the truth. Same thing, I heard them, uh, this man also said the same thing. Chris Delvan. I also heard Chris, I heard Chris Delvan say the same thing. His own is that, the person was trying to emphasize that the church should not be sidelined. Somebody should, so, no, so nobody should sidetrack them. That's a better word. Nobody should distract them from the preaching of truth because they think they should do other things. So you see church, all right? this is very common in church these days. You want young people to come to church, so you organize party for them. You organize activities. See, you, you can organize all kinds of activities. I have no problem. But please, the activities must be centered around the Word of God. If it's okay, we are going to have a Jamboree tonight, young people in church. Make sure that they don't, they don't make the mistake of thinking of where they are going is jamboree alone. People think, listen, I believe that young people need a place to release energy. I believe it. If I'm the pastor of a church, I will organize a lot of things that will get young people to burn energy. Look, have dancing competition if you like. Who can do acrobatics? I don't care. But nobody should forget the fact that it is church. That is, if we gather and the young people are going to to do their dancing competition that they are practiced for. We start with opening prayer. We will worship for 10 minutes. And there must be a segment of at least 30 minutes where the word will be pumped out into the lives of the young people gathered and their friends they invited. Look, you know the truth? That is the only hope. That is the only thing that will deliver them. Look, you can't cancel people out of evil. Evil is a spiritual force. The only thing that works against it is the entrance of the word. <laughs> hey. Churches make that mistake. They organize all kinds of things. And little by little, you see the word starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And this is interesting, part. let me tell you something. If you're a pastor, listen to this. The more you do that, that the more the church grows in number. So if you are fooled by numbers, you are in trouble. The less you preach the truth, the more the church grows. Ah, That's it now. You know, everybody that wants to have a feeling of religion without repentance, they are going to come to that church. They will come. Especially when you give them something to do. And you said if you do this, God will bless you. Give them time to make them give money. Human beings are very funny. They like bondage. You think they like freedom. They don't. They lie, bondage. Just tell them that except you are in church by 8 o'clock you will go to hellfire. They will come. Tell them that if you don't give this amount of money the devourer is going to murder you. They, They will be there. The one they will not accept is just tell the man stop lying stop fornicating stop cheating stop doing politics the normal way. Just don't go near those areas. If it's all these ones of give money and come to church regularly, come on, they will queue up. The place are it will expand, then come with a lot of motivational speaking. You can do it. Mark Zuckerberg is your age. He did it. At your age, Bill Gates did it. Don't be discouraged. No matter how many times you fall down, get up and keep moving. I said, get up and keep moving. My message for today is get up and keep moving. Somebody say get up and keep moving. Tell your neighbor, get up and keep moving. Your church will be so big. You'll be the happening pastor in town. Just come that day and start preaching. This is the will of God concerning you, your sanctification. Do that for one month. Number will drop in half. Forget that. It will drop in half. It will keep continue dropping. Then it drops a particular level. Then you start growing again. This time around very slowly. But you never hit that large number you had before. But know the truth. That is the way you will save those who are hearing you. Paul told Timothy, there is a way for saving yourself and your hearers. You have to continue preaching the truth. Because the word of God is not counsel. (laughs) It's not counsel. It's not the letters. It's, It's something that the spirit rides upon. So when you get up, you are just declaring the word. Uh, Jesus is the Savior. He has paid for your sins. This is the life of the believer. This is sanctification in Christ. This is faith. You just talk, As you are talking that word, eh, the Spirit of God is riding upon it into the lives of people and is changing them. If you do all this, do a lot of activity, do a lot of free food, do a lot of social networking, do all those kind of things, listen, church will be big, but there will be no life. That's why those men said, listen, that the church should please downplay these other activities. It's not as if they are bad, horrible, but they must never be central. What must be the central thing is the word of God. That is the only way you break the power of the prince of the air. It's as people are being reached with God's truth. It's as people are being touched with it. That's why the church we need to preserve the teaching of truth like nothing else. Because it's the only weapon we have. That Listen, that's what conquers the environment. That is the thing that changes people. It's that you present more of God before them that they are changed. It's what they are seeing. If you don't raise Christ up before people, they will not be changed. And if they are not changed, the spirits in the air you are fighting will become stronger. Because, let me use it like this, they feed on the character of people. They feed, look, angels, now I want to say it in a funny way. The rights that is, the spirit of God, the angels, they kind of feed on the right prayers and the lifestyle of people. In the same manner, the evil spirits, they feed on the sins, the iniquity of people. So they work stronger if people are walking in sin. They work stronger when people are walking away from God. They work stronger. That's just the way it is. But the solution... Listen, the only way we transform our environment as a church is when we do two... Well, uh, let me not count. One, when we preach the word of God in truth. Two, when we live by that word. And we support all of this with prayer. We do all of this not by the power of our own strength, but by the spirit of God, which we activate by prayer. The church works in unity... The church continues to declare the truth unadulterated. Like I was saying, last time I said it and I'm convinced about it. God says, listen, those angels, they are waiting. You guys have prayed, you have prophesied. I've released them first day. They are waiting. But what is obstructing them? There are princes all over the place. And those princes cannot just be bound. Daniel never had to bind that one in Persia. No, he never had to bind that one. It took the law three weeks to release Michael. There are things to do for the activation of Michael's release. My conviction is that the church puts itself aright, repents of his own ways, of evil ways, where it has participated in all the idolatry, the worldliness, how it has divided itself into pieces. So that it's not one united force. It's not about being under one umbrella, Christianization of Nigeria. You don't have to have an organization. You just have to have the right spirit. Are you getting my point? You just have to have the right spirit. It's when the church solves all of that that the prince of its people, like the like the the angel said to um, uh, 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 Daniel, that's when the prince of the people of God, all right, is released to ward off all the opposition that's preventing those angelic. Messengers with the answers that God sent from getting in. So what is the assignment of God? Remember what we were talking about, how to work for God. What are we doing? What God wants to do on the earth, we cooperate with him by our prayer. And he said, these watchmen, they do not keep silent. Day and night, that's what they are doing. Day and night, they are reminding the Lord. They are bringing God's word up to him and causing him to effect that which he has said. Now, but like I said, this is what I believe. They are watchmen. And this is the prophetic word for this season. Watchmen. What season of the night are we in? We are in the season in which the church needs to get it right. So the watchman wants to pray. The watchmen are praying. They focus on this thing we are talking about. Quickly, let's go back to the book of Isaiah, um, Psalm 122. Please, let's get it clear. Spiritual warfare is not fighting the devil. True spiritual warfare is not fighting the devil. The devil is resisted. Are you getting my point? We resist him. How? Steadfast in faith. We don't resist the devil by shouting, I resist you. We are steadfast in our faith. We don't change our minds just because it's economic hardship. The season has come again where people are trying to persuade us that country is bad. For that reason, you need to run somewhere where country is good. I think, I, I believe that we should have outgrown those things. We don't see all these things are in cycles. It's bad, it's bad. It's for a short period. Anybody that cannot endure a bit of night, what is he doing in life? <laughs> you, look, listen. You must be able to endure night seasons. Because in life, night seasons come. That's one of the traits of being a believer. Ability to endure night seasons. Night come. There will be a period you won't have as much money as you used to have. What does it mean? Just stop eating as much as you used to eat. You'll save money. That's all. I don't know. You know, sometimes some things people call prayer points. I don't even understand it anymore. Every weekend, your children go to ShopRite, go to the mall. They are eating expensive ice cream, which does not do them any good. You don't have as much money as you used to have. It's a small thing now. Stop going to the place. If they don't see the ice cream, they won't. They won't worry your soul. Sit down and lecture them on how why fruits, roughages <laughs> are good for them. Yeah, are eating apple. Why? Apple is important, isn't it? So the price went up. So you leave it. it look, it's not. It's, it don't, you don't. There are certain prayer points you don't even worry heaven about. Because God cannot understand your problem with apples. He knew what He was doing when He refused to plant. Did. In fact, like they used to say in House on the Rock, all right, when they were coming, nice people, uh, uh, new, new people. We say, We realize that apple trees don't grow in the city of Enugu because it's not the right climate and geography for it. Is that not the word of God? What grows around? Mango, oranges, Purple. pineapples. You see what I'm saying? You train your children. Tell them the truth of God that this apostles this don't even get roughages When you chop orange, you cleanse your intestine. Children will start loving it. Paul said, there's a mechanism for what? Abasing. He said, I've learned to abound. I have learned to abase. There's something, look, listen. For me, there's many things are no prayer points. So. No. You know, p- people give themselves issues. I've seen people go who went broke. Say, I'm carrying my children abroad for holiday and they went broke. They said, I owe him money. And you're looking like, eh? Now what? Uh, you dig crazy? So? <laughs> because there's only, that's only explanation. If you're owing money because children went to school, you know, we'll pity you. If you're owing money because children had to eat, we'll pity you. But you're owing money because it's summer. Hey! I used to say, God has to create hellfire, even if there was no hellfire before. Because this misbehavior of human beings, they need to get burnt. Sometimes you wish God would just carry somebody and say, Come, I won't kill you yet. I just want to roast your hand inside a fire. Just put it inside. Ah, ah." Your hand has finished burning. Go back. Will you do that again? You look at your bump and say, Like, like, I won't do it again. There are some behaviors that are necessary. Life has seasons. It has seasons. Look, there's what they call abounding, and there's abasing. Both of them are things Christians must know how to do. But Christians, say that by faith, I abound all the time. I've seen believers say that you no, know, when you are taking marriage vow, you don't say for better for worse. Listen, young women, let me just advise you. No, in fact, who should I advise? Is it young women or young men? Okay, both. If you are okay, single people, let me advise you. If anybody wants to marry you, ask him, ask her. Are we going to say for better for worse during marriage vow? Say no. By faith, I won't. Say that person. My, my, my pastor said no. So are you believing God for bad things? No, bad things happen. Faith or no faith, they will happen. It happened to Jesus. What's my, what's my problem? It happened to Paul. You think it's a good thing when they are stoning you because you are preaching? Should your wife divorce you at that time? I, I declare that it's for better, for best. <laughs> for better, for worse does not mean you are believing God for bad things. That's the reality of life. The Bible says, like God said it cold and heat will not cease. And better and worse is relative. Are you getting my point? It's relative. Once they were talking to this man, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett said, e- economy was down at the time. those was in the U.S. He said, no, it's not. It's that, like he was an old man. He said, look, he's used to it. That this will always rebound. He said, I-, I know our companies not do as well as they used to do this season. Why? Because of this, this, and this. And things are a bit low. So he knows that this year it's not going to be as good as it used to be. But it's not a big deal. It will pass. I mean, you see the old man just said it. That time he was the richest man in the world. He understood that seasons come. What am I explaining? So believers must understand, even in the midst of difficult seasons, they must not abandon their duty post. That's my emphasis, alright? They must not abandon their duty post. So things are rough, what's the big deal? They will, they will get better again. And they won't know when they are better, they will be rougher than they used to be then they will get better, better again. Are you getting my point? That they will be better than the last time that they were good. That's just life. The Bible says, in the time of adversity, consider. That's what he said. In the time of adversity, just relax. What's going on? How did we get here? What happened? Because sometimes that's the only way God can get your attention. attention. I think I'm talking to somebody because that's a bit of the main thing I was trying to preach. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm talking to somebody because when I lose... I just disappear like that in a tangent. Yes, somebody's grabbing it. The truth about adv- the time of adversity, what is unique about the children of God? I tweeted that one today. I said, Listen, faith does not mean things will never go wrong for the children of God. But we understand that there's always purpose, there's always something God is doing in our lives. We are never away from His presence. Faith does not mean we will never have troubles. One thing about children of God that they must know how to survive. We shouldn't be running helter-skelter. Let me say something. I I know I've left my message. I hope I can get back to it. I know I'm helping somebody. Let me just say something. For example, you're a businessman. A businesswoman. There's one thing that that kills business people. And I've seen it again and again. Now, it happens to everybody. There was a time, you remember, cyber cafes were all over town. Remember that? Then they all shut down. Now, eventually, cyber cafes in Nigeria had to shut down because um, internet was moving to homes. Okay, but I just want to let you know that there was a, when it started, everybody rushed into it. Then everybody shut down. There was a time that everybody was making pure water, bagging water. Remember, Nando I don't think there are up to five people still making. But there was a time that every backyard water. Now, that's, how it's, that's it's... That's human means for you. Do you know why? Because they're always looking for where they think money is coming from. If they say, oh, this is making money. See, Mr. Fred. Before he started bagging water, he was broke. Look at it now. Since he began, things have been moving for him. So the neighbor says, we too we should start bagging water. Then when they get in there, they realize that it's not as easy as that. When NAFDAQ pays them two visits to get their NAFDAQ number... They change their minds. That's the way life is. Now I'm going somewhere. So you find people rushing to where they expect there to be easy flow of funds. It doesn't happen. They all disappear again. And that's one thing Christians must never participate in. Now what I'm trying to say, what's a believer? Pray, locate what you want to do. Learn how to do it. And be ready to stay there even when it goes down. Don't because you know the truth the time of his going down is when all the Mughals will disappear all those that came there just because they want to make quick money that's when they will run those that are really planted there are the ones that will reap any fruit that is inside that thing so believers look don't be rushing into everything everybody is doing I'm talking about the ability to withstand difficult times it's one trait that believers must have I've been around a bit. I've never seen an easy business. I have never seen. Anyone that is easy, MMM Nigeria, Charity, is guaranteed to fold up on everybody that's inside. And listen to this. Less than 10% of those who get into that thing make any money out of it. My experience in life is that there's no business that is easy. Every easy one, everybody comes into it, and they kill it. That's the way it is. If you hear now that just go to nature, buy this product uh, called called china I don't know, there's no product like that. I'm just saying. Bring it to Enugu, make a lot of you sell you make a lot of money. By tomorrow, there will be 1,000 people. (laughs) They will create a glut in the market. That's just like there's no listen. So get it, get it clear. The fact that you are doing a business and the things are a bit tough. It's normal. It's normal. You must have the fortitude, the ability to withstand the season of things being tough. But this is another point. If you have that strength, when the thing begins to blossom, you understand? You will still be there. That time, everybody will have gone. Listen. Why am I preaching this one now? There's no easy money. Are you getting my point? There's nothing like that. Just good that you just go there, you make money easily. You know, those days they, they, they'll be lying. I, I believe most people are wiser now. Just get to America, <laughs> things are just easy for you. That is the worst lie anybody can tell you. If you look at living standards and all of that, for an average hardworking person, it is easier to make money in Nigeria than in America. That's not supposed to be a joke. Listen, if you're hungry in Nigeria, you go and buy firewood, three stones and put a frying pan on top of it, say you are frying akala. Nobody asks questions. Just stay there. No, they won't stop you. You make your moi, moi stay at the junction, say everybody come and buy moi moi. Once the moi, moi does not have your name, navdac does not talk to you. Yeah, no, That for those who don't know, that's NAFDAQ rule. navdac only needs NAFDAQ number. When you now package it and label it <laughs> John Boy moi, moi they will now come and say, where is the NAFDAQ number for that? But just write... Perfect moe moe, they won't doesn't have a personal, a label. Just write, moe moe extraordinary. They, won't, they they can't ask that because the market woman does not have that number. The, all those are kind of people, they don't have that number. So that's that rule, I found out. But go to America, go and try it. You don't even want to try it because one guy will come buy it, eat, then go to the toilet two times and sue you. <laughs> you don't even want to try it. He will sue you. But Nigeria, if so you ask her, did you wash the plates? You used to eat it. <laughs> so my friend, go away. <laughs> that is, he won't think about seeing you <laughs> Oh, God, I've left my message, Joe. I, I know I'm helping somebody, I know. Listen, so there's no way you just rush to America, life will be easy. Let me tell you the truth. Go and ask those who have gone there. Life is not easier. Individually, it is not easier. What is different? I'm not saying nothing is different.